Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Bears and Izzy for breakfast. It's the 4th of October this morning after a massive weekend of sport. So much to wrap up, including an NRL Grand Final, an All Black Springboks game, EPL. Jeez, is what didn't we cover? Oh, mate, we covered it all, really. We covered it all. There's NFL on at the moment, and my lovely Panthers are going down against the Dallas Cowboys. Wow, no surprises. Dak Prescott is unbelievable. But, yeah, we had a great show. Uh, Tony Pike joined us. He had a great evening and meeting at Rickerton on Saturday. Pikey, five of 11 races he won with Kozi Asano being the rider of those horses. Uh, unbelievable from Tony Pike on the weekend. We also had Jace Ryan on. Jace Ryan, Crusader's assistant coach. He knows all things Boards Does he love a beer, is he? Breakdown. Loves a beer. Loves a beer. He Loves just, a beer, old, old Jace Ryan. He just He's an absolute lad, Louis. feels like hearing him talk and hearing him laugh, he feels like one of those dudes that just loves a beer and a barbecue. Yeah. You know, like he loves the lads and just having a good, a nice quiet beer. That's what he sounds like. He's a, he's a good team man. He's a good team man. He's a coach that demands excellence, but when it's time to let your hair down and, and, and relax, he's very good at that too. So he was awesome. And great, giving us a great understanding of that All Blacks match in South Africa. Well, they were just too good in the end. They took their opportunities. They played a different game plan and and got the treats in the end. So it was great for them. We also had Hugh McGann on, talking all things grand final. Panthers versus Rabbitohs. Panthers winning 14-12 and uh, just gave us his thoughts. He's a Kiwi legend. He knows everything about league, so it was great to chat to him. But been a great show, so thanks so much for joining us. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Saturday night, the, the All Blacks was captivating, mate. You spoke about Dan Carter's kids, under the blankets, above the blankets, gutted, then happy. It was like that, and I'm an adult. Well, mostly an adult, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a great match, and it was a true test match too. Like, I think uh, week one, uh, the 100th test, you know, there was so much build-up, there was so much anticipation you know, a lot of people on edge, players on edge. You know, how's this going to go? And it probably didn't, um, you know, play out like we'd, we'd hoped. Um, but week two, game 101, when, when, when you know, South Africa was so close to beating us, I thought they, they you know, when a team was getting spoken about all week, you know, they stuck true to what, what they were about. They didn't listen to the outside noise when a lot of people could have. Um, they brought a different angle to how they play. Like I've spoken, when when they bring a game, when they bring an ability to go wide and actually test you and, and get the port, the ball past second five centre and they get it into the edges, um, they're an unbelievable outfit to to beat. So look, it was a great test match. I really really enjoyed it. Um, I'll just go through a f- a few things I've I've jotted down. Um, 
I think the All Blacks they scored some great tries. I think they scored some great tries. They punished. Uh, oh no, I mean, I mean, the South Africans scored some great tries. They punished the All Blacks' mistake to go uh, to score a great tr- first try. Luca, uh, Luca Nasi arm behind the back pass. Uh, that you know, behind the back pass was un- unbelievable. I think Damien Dialedinde. Uh, he was outstanding for the box. He had them going forward all day in the midfield. Uh, he was bloody a shining light for for the Springboks. He put our midfield under a ton of pressure. Harvey and um, Anton and Lena Brown were were put under a lot of pressure as well. So I thought the the Springboks, like I said, they brought a game that that tested the All Blacks and put them under a lot of pressure. They they still kicked the contestables, and I thought the All Blacks they kicked they they caught those. Uh, uh, way better this weekend, but um, their ability to flick to the left, I thought it was outstanding. Um, I th- for the All Blacks, I thought when they had the ball and 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 they had quick ball, they looked great. I loved how they were creating space, but also getting the ball there. You know, Sever Reese's try from a cross kick was a prime example, and that flies the class of, of Bowden Barrett. You know, they've seen the space, and they're getting the ball there, and that was just off the makeshift. Bodie looking up, seeing the space, Sever calling it, and then just an unbelievable finish from Sever in the end. Um... So that was pretty pretty classy from uh, Bowden Barrett and Severis. Speaking of Bears in class, we love Bears when he takes on the line. That half break offload to Rico when he goes um, goes all the way, then offloads to Artie, who supermans his way over. That's what we love seeing. So ball in hand, I had no problem with the All Blacks. I think the other side, they just lacked a little bit of discipline. I think we got pinged mostly at the offside line. Whether that's just being lazy or the eager or, or too eager is a case for Ian Foss and e- Etc. to look at in review. Also, the breakdown area was a big concern. Both sides of the ball, but particularly our ball, the halfbacks had a torrid time. I think South Africa, big bodies. We've seen that on Saturday night. You, you can't just park over the ball, as Luke Jacobson found out, see a Khaleesi Bloomway and someone else as well. So hats off to South Africa. They were very physical and demanding, but I think the breakdown area, and, and we've got to just get in there, move bodies, and give the halfbacks an opportunity to clear that ball better. I think we haven't really helped the halfbacks in the last two weeks, so the breakdown era was a was a huge, huge problem for me over the, on the weekend. Um, also, I want to talk about that last minute. I want to talk about that last minute. I want your your, your thoughts at home as well. That last minute, <laughs> yeah, I think when you know when teams are trying to kill the game in that last three or four minutes, when they're trying to kill the game and they're trying to um, you know play the game out. The refs are looking at that now. The refs are looking for the for those little opportunities now, and I know. On the weekend, we got pinged. We got pinged in that last minute. They're looking for players to go off their feet. They're looking at players holding onto the ball, and teams have really trained for it now. So I want to know at home, was that the best option? Was that the only option, or would you love to see the All Blacks playing? Like, I've been involved, and I've been involved with teams when they've done both, and um, it, hadn't, it hadn't worked both times, you know? So I need to know, what is the right formula? Do we want to keep playing? Do we want to kick the ball down and back our defence? We were still around the halfway. We were around the 60-meter mark. And, um, you know, even France or Stain was still on the field. He can kick, he can kick those in his sleep. But, yeah, we, we went, we're just slowing it down. The halfback's playing like a thing called tic-tac. So we're hitting the left. We're hitting the right. Players are just going off, like, dropping straight to the ground. Players are sealing. But refs are looking for that now. So uh, there was, I think there was about four or five minutes ago. Was that too early to do that? Was that too early to start the tic-tac, to, to trying to slow the game down? Should we potentially just keep playing? Look, it's a conversation to have uh, now because obviously of what the outcome was. We, it didn't uh, come to fruition. They got a turnover. They kicked it down. They put us under pressure, and then they got a penalty and won the game. So, look, in hindsight, we can always talk about it. But for me, I want to know if there's another solution to it because, 
Yeah, it's it's just one of those parts of the games that, that refs have cottoned on to now and teams have cottoned on to now that, that teams are trying to slow the ball down. So what are the refs looking at? They already know they're, going, they're looking for players off their feet, killing the ball, sealing the ball. They're looking for players holding on. So teams have come up with plans. And in the end, it, it costs us the game. So, yeah, that, that's my thoughts uh, from the match, uh, Louis. So you've got some audio you want to play, mate? I do, mate. I've got the tries that the, you spoke about, the Springboks, and I want to give you a little bit of hats off here because you, what was it, two weeks ago or the week leading into their 100th test, you said they mm. don't get lulled into their game plan where they will kick, they will bomb, they will bomb, they will bomb from their 22, our 22. <laughs> I don't think anybody knew mm. that. But then don't, just watch because you don't want to get lulled in. And then when they put it through the hands, you get caught napping. And, and look, what did we see? Exactly that. Artie wins that one. Taylor leaves it behind. They have to scramble. It's there for Arm. Oh, the around the back pass into the hands of Diolendi. It's the razzle-dazzle we never expected from the Springboks. But there it is. Wide ball. Kits off. Gets the legs pumping. And then pushed back onto his back. To Clerk. Yankees, Mapipi's in the corner. It's the razzle dazzle, dazzle we never expected from the Springboks. Well, you obviously weren't listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast, mate, because they've always been yeah. capable of it, and you told us that. Yeah, for sure. And 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 when they can play that game, they are, they are an absolute threat. So look, hopefully now they've seen what they can achieve with the ball. And I, I I'll be honest, I love Alton Yankees at ten. I think his ability to spread the ball wide and, and get the ball to the width. He can still play the kicking game. He's got a great left foot on him. Um, but him at 10 was, was outstanding. But like, hats off to the All Blacks. Like, we're going to talk about the All Blacks in the Rugby Championship. I'm going to go through and, and speak about the... Look, I've been reasonably happy with the All Blacks um, throughout this Rugby Championship. They've, they've played... They've, every player in the squad, they've taken a massive squads over there. So every player's got an opportunity. And every player that's gone on the field and, and had an opportunity has actually taken those opportunities. So building for the future... Is bright, you know. The future is bright because we're giving these guys a crack at the big time. They're tra- they're playing not in New Zealand. They're playing in overseas as well because that's the thing. You got to be able to. You can. It's easy to win at home. You got to be able to win overseas. So they've won five straight overseas. Lost obviously on the weekend, but when you win overseas, that's when you know you've got a great team and great connections. And um, there's still a lot of work to be done. And my case is, um, my case is. Maybe Sam Whitelock is a big loss. Maybe Sam Whitelock is a huge loss because mm. on the week, uh, last couple of weeks, I felt like we haven't seen the Brody Retallick that we used to, and Brody probably hasn't been able to 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 let go and do his work and and get his game flowing because he's probably worrying about too much around uh, around the um the locks and and the line out and there's so much pressure on there with Evan Epps the best um, putting him under ton of pressure on the weekend with the line out so I think maybe the, the missing cog is Sam Whitlock if he comes in he brings another line out option he brings he defensively on on the opposition ball he puts a hell of a lot of pressure on the opposition ball as well in, in the line out so maybe he's a big loss and, and, and his ability to come back and help Brody Retallick and let him free up I think that that'll be all um that'll be a shine light look so re- relative I was pretty happy I was pretty happy um I was pretty happy with how the All Blacks have, have come through this. Like five or six, they've got to be proud. Players for me, players that really stood out. I think Artie Savia, the captain, I thought he had a solid campaign and all that he did. Great around the park. We know that. But it's his tight work where, where he shone for me. I think his breakdown and tackle area, 
he was always a menace. So, so um, Adi Savier led well, led well from the front, captain's knock. I think, um, I think this guy. Do we ever? Do have we created an Ethan Black at a fan club yet? Or have we not seen enough of them? No, we have. Have we created an Ethan? Bla- we have. Have we created we have. an Ethan fan? Uh, Ethan Black at a fan club. Mm-hmm. Not your typical block busting running type player, but an absolute workhorse that will throw his body body at anything, no matter the size. He came in at the end of that game. I think he had, I, don't, I think he maybe got twenty minutes, fifteen twenty minutes, and made eleven tackles, missed none. <laughs> so he's not your traditional, um, you know. But that's your six. You want someone that is just tough. He can ball play as well. When he can, when he gets the ball, he can ball play. So mm. I want to know: Are you a fan of Ethan Blackett, and do you think he's done enough to, to start as well? You so, want to join the club? Um, <laughs> they want to join the club. Join the Bears and Izzy Club for for Ethan Blackett. I want an absolute champion. But here we go: the player of the comp for the ABs, and now has cemented his spot as the ABs starting fullback. Oh, yeah. will have to be Geordie Barrett. Geordie Barrett, both sides, he was outstanding. His ability to counterattack from anywhere and open teams up willy-nilly, as he saw from Saturday night when he nearly put Anton away in the corner. That's what I love. That's what I love about Geordie. And I think he's just grown. I think he's just grown. He's just come a long way in this last year. What I love is the calmness, his decision-making from the back. I think he's coming a long way. The old Geordie would have ran everything. The old Geordie would have ran everything. He would have made the old mistake. And just got on with it, but now nine times out of ten, he's making the right decision at the back. He's 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 surveying up his options, surveying us nothing on. He'll plug the corner. We put a, one of his big raking boots in to get the all base out of pressure. But then he knows he'll see a little, uh, you know, tight forward in front of him, and he'll step them, make a little break like he did against South Africa on the weekend. So Geordie Barrett will have to be. Um, the player of the tournament for me has come an absolute long way, Louis. Oh, love for Izzy. And do you know what? I was going to ask, can we do an Izzy Dag fullback on fullback expose of why Geordie Barrett has got so good? So let's save that for sometime this week because I am very curious about mm-hmm. his development. Uh, hey, Izzy would love the All Blacks to kick deep into their 22 and ask them to score from that far out. So that's Chase answering your question. Chase, really appreciate that. And Richie yep. has come through with a bit of gold here about things that the refs are looking for. We're going to get to that after we talk to Tony Pike. But double eight, double three, you've just heard Izzy's take on all of the All, well, the all Blacks' performance in the Rugby Championship. What do you want them to do? And Ethan Blackadder, is he just cut from the perfect test match rugby cloth? Let us know. Double eight, double three, or the Kennard's Hire phone line, 0800 150 811. Where are the All Blacks at? We would love to hear from you. Tony Pike, after this, we're here with, we're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yeah, you heard Staffy say it. it. was a huge weekend of sport and racing. This morning, our skip, Brendan McCallum's got a win over in Abu Dhabi in the uh, IPL. We've got NFL going on. You heard the Manchester City-Liverpool game live on SCNZ. That was 2-all. And the racing this weekend, well, Coolside may have got his group one, but down in Rickerton, what about this? It's Providence provides, though, at the 50 metres. i tell you who's providing. Tony Pike and Kozzi Asano. There's five. Tell you what, Providence. Oh, I got on that horse for an absolute doozy, and I was just taking anything Tony Pike was training and Cozzy Asano was on. Better racing service this weekend meant we saw some of the country's leading stables get to unleash their promising horses in numbers. And one barn who had an absolute field day was Tony Pike, winning five of the 11 races on the card at Rickerton, as well as picking up a couple on Friday at Tarapa also. Tony is now on the line. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, boys. Oh, mate, how are you feeling after that weekend? Pretty successful weekend, mate. 
Yeah, look, thank you. Great, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I managed to tip, tip the right horses uh, to the boys on um, on Saturday morning, so that was a good result for everyone. But uh, yeah, yeah, great, great result to, to have some nice young horses um, putting their best foot forward. Obviously, with the, the better three-year-old races coming up, and um, some of them look very progressive. So uh, yeah, look, hopefully, we're in for a good month or two. Pikey, you did just that. We were loving it on um, Saturday morning when we had you on it. We felt like the right weekend because you were pretty bullish. So, do you did you just know that the stable was just ready? The the you know the tracks were right. Just everything kind of lined up, and you felt like you were about to unleash. Yeah, look, though, you, know, you have a fair idea which horses you think are very promising, and um, you know, obviously there you go, Field of Gold. I was very confident with them. I think they're two very 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 smart three year olds, and um, obviously um, heading down south for the first. Uh, first start um, down there, they've travelled well and you know, I just thought they'd be a little bit better than um, you know, some of the others in those races. Yeah, and they just were. Those are the exact two I want to talk to you about because they look like they've got futures. So um, there you go. And then, well, I guess Field of, Field of Gold, actually, I mean, he's a super looker and as he's the half of half-brother of Sherwood Forest, but he just looks like he's got a bit more explosion in him. He, he looks, and he kind of had a bit of a gawk up the straight as well, like he got a bit lost, but he's just got all that raw ability, doesn't he? Yeah, he does only his third start, so he's still learning learning his trade. But yeah, he's uh, by starts Bangle Banner, so he's uh, obviously a very good sprinter and probably just a little bit sharper than what Sherwood Forest was. Um, yeah, he was more of a, a grinding staying type, whereas this bloke, um, you know, can ping the goats, put himself on speed and and crooking away off a hot tempo. So um, yeah, he looks like an ideal Guinea's horse as long as everything goes right in the in the next few weeks. Mate, you must be pretty happy with the relationship you've been able to form with Cosi Asano. He was re- he let he. He led the first five to five victories in that. Are you happy with how that's going, those connections? Yeah, very much so, because he's moved up north. Uh, you know, just to try and get a few more opportunities um, You know, with some of the bigger races coming up, and he's been riding a lot of track work for us, and he's ridden a fair few of these horses in track work. So you know, it was uh, great to send him down there. Obviously, he had a, a big team to ride and a good job to do, but um, yeah, he did it very well. They're good, positive rides, and um, you know, got the job done very well. Hey, Field of Gold's at $6 in future for the 2,000 guineas, so it's a kind of an interesting one. I mean, the Hawks Bay guineas is usually a real good indication, but um, a little bit different this year around. He's definitely going if he can stay sound. It's a, it's, as you just said, it's a perfect race for him? Yeah, definitely. He's um, he's definitely hitting on a guineas path. That's why we sent him down south a little bit earlier. He'll run next in the three-year-old mile stakes race at, at Rickett in, in three weeks' time, and that'll be his final lead-up to the guineas, so... Uh, he'll definitely be heading that way, and um, yeah, we'll just see what happens uh, up in the north, whether we send another one or two down. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, Tony. So Tutakaka over in Australia just didn't... Well, it wasn't a bad performance. I read your comments as well. Damien Lane reckons he'll take lots of progression, so he's still on track for the derby over there in Victoria. But is there anything else you've got prepared to roll out over the next couple of weeks that we should keep an eye on? Uh, look, obviously track conditions going to play a part. Um, Danger strikes. Uh, she went well in the... Uh, Top on the meter Phillies race. I think she's going to really improve once she gets up on trip. She's probably a three-year-old filly to follow. Um, but uh, you know, there's a bit of rain around here in the Waikato at the moment. We sort of uh, put most of our cards on the table over the weekend and, and on Friday. So um, you know, probably just following the team uh, out of the weekend and, and last week, uh, there'll be the odd new one turn up. But uh, yeah, look, we pretty much. Um, exposed everything over the weekend. Yeah, well, it went well then. <laughs> yes, it's at least they were the right <laughs> cards. The right cards, Fikey. Awesome work. Congratulations, mate. And I'm sure we'll hear a lot more of you as the spring progresses. Yep, cheers, boys. Have no. a good day. Yeah, Thanks. absolutely. Thanks, Izzy, you had a little fill-up, a little record and fill-up? Oh, mate, I, I did, but you know the worst thing? Because, I, I, look, it's not bad. I was out with the kids and we are out for lunch <laughs> and I got home. 
I got home. I got the home. I missed thing. the first three. I missed the first three at, at Rickerton, and then obviously you were, you came in through the WhatsApp about Tony Pike. So then that got my ears pricked up, and I started listening. And then next race, I took Pikey's horse, and then I took Pikey's horse again. And it just kept winning, and I was just like, so every horse at Rickon, and I was looking for Kozzi Asana, and then I'd look at the odds, I'd go, oh, no, nah, that one's probably not going to win, you know? So, But Kozzi Asana and Tony Pike, mate, what an absolutely outstanding um, combination that Rickon on the weekend. Well done, mate. Good yep. work. But they were firing. It was good. Pikey answers his phone, and he tips them out. We've got Richie's text, but it's so good I want to save it. So we'll, we'll leave that till after the news, but just quickly here, Blackadder, the number one All Black six. That's PJ and Brenton. Hi, guys. Blackadder is our six and more when we're uh, backing it, playing those uh, northern teams in South Africa. Then the likes of Australia, we could shift around with uh, your other sixes, and there you go. I think that's probably fair enough for Brenton, and he's just kind of, well, he looks, he looks like he's cut from the right cloth for Test Match Rugby. We'll keep the All Blacks chat going. Double eight, double three, or 800 811 the Kennard's higher phone line. Right now, though, it's the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we are building and shaping New Zealand. Someone that knows a lot more about the Ford Pack and what it takes to, to grind out a win or a close match, or when you're playing South Africa, what it really, what really entails to, to beat the South Africans is Jason Ryan. Maybe this was a test-fitting of the 100th meeting, but either way, the All Blacks won't help but feel frustrated by a two-point loss after the buzzer to the spring box as an offside infringement in front of the sticks ended a great battle, 31-29 victory to the box. Jason Ryan is assistant coach for the Crusaders, and he saw it all unfold from the back here in beautiful Christchurch, wasn't it, um, Jace, over the weekend? Very stunning weekend of, of weather, but good morning, Jace. Morning, boys. How are you? Good mate, good mate. I know you're up uh, late last night watching that grand final. Uh, how was that? It was a cracking game, wasn't it? Firstly, oh, how good was it? That was some um, game of footy. Really enjoyed uh, the moment between Ivan Cleary and Nathan Cleary at the end there. Um, pretty yeah. special, wasn't it? Good on them. They uh, they worked hard for that one, and you know, Wayne Bennett couldn't quite get there, but just uh, some game. Good crowd too, wasn't it? What a crowd! Yeah, man. Yeah, some of the what's lads the are in there too, in their head. What's the difference between seventy five percent capacity and a hundred? I mean, really? <laughs> I don't know, mate. They're just trying to make it look like you know they're, they're ticking the right boxes. Are it's all about ticking boxes, isn't it, Jace? It is, mate. Hey, hey uh, thanks for that little segue on, on the NRL. Let's talk about the the All Blacks on on Saturday, mate. How was that? What, what did you see from that match? Um, Give us your summation. Yeah, look, I, I really enjoyed um, the last couple of test matches um, against South Africa, to be fair, and this one in particular. And there's probably a couple of reasons. You've got um, two teams who are pretty physical and uh, well, very physical. There's a lot of history between it, between both the teams, obviously. But I've actually uh, I just listened to you this morning about the refereeing. I've actually really enjoyed the English referees in the last two weeks, to be honest. I find them that the... Yeah. They're really technical. They're on the money. They're quite composed. They don't get emotional, <laughs> mm. and and, and yeah. they work quite well with the captains with their reasoning. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I think I think that's been that's been a real highlight. And they don't often get get much of a rap, do they? The refs usually everyone's having a crack at them when they're doing yeah. something wrong or making the wrong call. But you know, for that referee and how it played out in that last five to six minutes making big calls and big games like that and being right on the money 
it was unbelievable. Like that offside one against yeah. All Blacks at the end, when you rewind it, it's like, man, they were a mile offside. But in the heat of the moment, sometimes they can miss that with the day are. So, mm. yeah, give them a rap. I thought they were good. We'll talk about the offside line. I thought they were. That was probably one of the areas that they lacked discipline. Was it just, uh, you know, just showing a bit of laziness there, or just too eager to get off the line? What was, what did you see? Yeah, it was sort of. Um, it was when the when the South African team had repeat sets, and they were holding the ball for a long time, and, and the All Blacks. I don't think they were sure if, it, if the ball was going to go in the air, or they were going to run because mm. they definitely run a little bit more than the last. <coughs> excuse me, than the last yeah. set, didn't they? So. I think that was that was a bit in it. Um, so yeah, and, I, and, and, and it was unlike them sort of late in the game. You know, we mm. used to I, I was going through when you think when Steve Hansen like years ago when they had the All Black teams, they'd really pride their, 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 themselves on their finish. And I don't know if they've sort of had that in the last couple of games, you know. And they go over teams with maybe sometimes ten minutes to go, and I think that's just sort of been lacking a little bit. I think the All Blacks, I'd say the selectors and that would be pretty disappointed with how they finished that game. I really do. And you know, they had um Paddy Asafo, George Bowers pretty unity rugby um offer. But they're still experienced All Blacks, you know, like I, I thought they could have perhaps had a bit more impact um and finished the game with, with a bit more ruthlessness, but no doubt they'll be talking about that. What about the flip side though? You got you got to take your head off to South Africa. Eh? They brought a, a ton of physicality to the, especially the breakdown area. I want you to touch on the breakdown area. I thought they put the All Blacks under a ton of pressure there. What were your thoughts from South Africa point of view and the breakdown area? Yeah, you're right. But I, I think the breakdown's been a concern all year. To be to be really honest, um, teams are working out how you can slow the ball down um, for the All Blacks and, and throw their rhythm off. And it's definitely something that's they're obviously talking about getting it right, but I'm not sure they have yet. Um, mm. But they'll need to. Um, but yes, yeah, South Africa are outstanding. I, I really like how they subbed their front row ten minutes to go before halftime. That that that's a step ahead. That's I reckon that's quality coaching, evolving and really looking at it differently. Because both those props, Big Trev, they were absolutely <laughs> gone. <laughs> you know. So, so they, yeah. Mate, they were looking for oxygen, and they had to hook. And even Neeps and um, and Big Moods, yeah. there was a couple of big sets in between play dagger, and they were sucking yeah. it back. So I, I thought that was a real smart substitution. I really, I really did. And what what about the? I spoke to you yesterday, mate, about the lineout. Um, and I I said, mate, is is Sam Whitelock a, a big loss? Is that affecting Brody's ability to be able to play his game? I felt like he wasn't able to unleash in the last two weeks. Was that down to Sam Whitlock missing, or was there just a, a bit more technical aspect to, to why the, the, the line-out was under so much pressure? Can you just delve into that a bit more? Yeah, look, I think it would be unfair to, to just say that it's not firing for Sam's not there, um, because yeah. there's enough experience in that line-out for it to run, but you can't yeah. lose nine line-outs in two test matches um, against South Africa. And I just really challenged how yeah. they um, setting up their formation like the South Africans if you imagine two massive buildings in the middle of your line out that's basically yeah. how the South African, South African teams defend they chuck one at yeah. the front and one about middle so they challenge you to throw over and when the All Blacks did throw over 
that throw Cody through about the 16 metre line, they scored off it. Mm. But when the pressure yep. went on, they just kept throwing to the front. And I think that they've got to add a little bit more variation, which will set up, and then it'll put the South African line out defence in two minds of where to sit in front. But yeah, I think the line out's been pretty disappointing. And they'll be they'll be disappointed 100% by their own standards, no doubt. But yeah. For me, they just need more variation and trust their skills. Poor old Asapo right, sometimes sitting that. there for a like 12 seconds waiting for the call. You know, it's, I remember Rito yeah. used to always be real big on just getting to the line out first and going, you know. Tempo, tempo. Bronze, bronze, tempo. gold. You know me when I was the Mocky boys at, at the training. But anyway, thanks for that detail, mate. That was awesome detail from you, uh, Jace Ryan. If anyone knows, it's you, mate. Um, I want to ask you about the player of the series for, for yourself. Who, who do you really, who do you think just took another step in the right direction and really stood out? I, I spoke about it this morning. Jordy Barrett was probably my my guy for player of the series. Who 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 do you like? Mate, Jordy's been unreal. Well, he's playing at fifteen. They're playing him in the right position. Um, yeah. I, I think he's I, I think he's been outstanding. And for him to nail those big kicks, he's still young in his career and big test matches. He's going to grow a lot of confidence. For that, and um, I, I think, you know, I think Geordie's coming of age, and, and it's great because he's, he's he came into Test rugby pretty young in his playing career, pretty young. But he should take a lot of confidence about how he's playing at the moment. I actually messaged him last night and said, "Well done on a you know, great series," and he'll be wrapped um, for his own confidence. And another one for me that I just believe is absolutely made for Test rugby is Ethan Blackadder. Um, oh, I, I yes. He, he's, <laughs> he's like a mosquito, <laughs> isn't he? He just does not go away. He's Huge mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is unbelievable, and I think he's made for it, and he's going to cement himself whether or not it's off the bench or, or any of that least loose forward trio. He's a real point of difference. But, um, awesome. Yeah, and it'll be it'll be interesting the next the next part of the tour, won't it? You know, this is where you know I think the. They keep sort of saying, oh, it's a long tour. Well, it's about to get longer in a way, Digger. You know, like, yeah. they've had five or six weeks in Aussie. And as you know, now they've got two weeks break. And that's when you usually tend to miss your family more because you're sort of, a game week, you've got your rhythm and you're getting ready for a game and playing on a Saturday. Yeah. Whereas yep. when you've got that downtime, it's like, oh, I just want to go home. <laughs> and they're actually mm. getting further away from home now. They go to America and then they go to Europe and the UK and, so all right, all right, Jace. I'm gonna have to bloody stop you there, mate. You, 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 I'll either go straight to an ad, and I might cut you off. But I'm gonna have to say thank oh, you, brother. Me, thank mate. you so much for your Brushed time. Me, this is the last time. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off, mate. But I will, we'll be back soon, brother. <laughs> Our last hour, we're gonna cover all things grand final, grand final. That match last night, Panthers versus the Rabbitohs. What an unbelievable game! I stayed up, watched the first half, and well, I had to get up four hours later, so I had to try and get to sleep. But I couldn't. What a game it was. And someone that knows exactly what it takes to play in those big, big matches. Penrith fans, rejoice. You can forget the mind games between coaches. Last year, grand final loss and everything else that's consumed your thoughts because your Panthers are premiers. With Adel Reynolds' kick sliding by the right upright before a desperate two-point field goal attempt landed short. A tight, intense final which puts a stake in the season. Premiership season for Penrith. Hugh McGann is a Kiwi League legend and was up late watching the game. Good morning, Hugh.
Good morning, Israel. How are you? Oh, very well, mate. What a, what a game, eh? What a game. That's just, that was one of the great grand finals, yeah? It was uh, really in, enthralling. Um, and the, the type of game that you, you want to sit up late and, and mm. watch and struggle to um, turn the TV off and go to bed knowing yeah. what's going on on television. It was it was, it was great. Um, so I think the, the first half was certainly all, all Penrith and, oh. um, and throughout the game. Um, Southwick, were, even though they were holding holding Penrith out, they were, they were just holding them out. They were defending um, Resolute, but they were at any stage you could have fallen over, but they, they just dug deep and they just held them out and held them out. Whereas on the other side of the Penrith, their defence, their, their, their defence attacked. Whereas the mm. South, they were just defending, and um, it was they were just so dominant, but weren't able to to, to really finish it off. And six all or whatever it was at uh, at half time, it should have been a bigger scoreline. It was just the the mm. tenacity of, of South Sydney, and um, uh, I, I I just couldn't couldn't turn away from it. I was I was really enthralled with the game. Given given I don't really like either team. Um, I was tossing <laughs> up whether I watched the Grand Final this week, and um, but I'm I'm glad mm-hmm. I did. It was uh, it was it was a real spectacle. Yeah, I'm, I'm none of those. I'm not a fan of either side too. But I was hoping Benji would get up with the Rabbitohs just because he's Benji and he's the reason I started supporting West Tigers and and supporting League. But um, on the other side, mate, and you spoke about it defensively, but I thought Penrith's ability to get to the kick and actually kick with less pressure. They on the other side, the Rabbitohs. And Reynolds, they couldn't get out of their own zone. Every time they went to kick off the fifth pass, they were under a ton of pressure. Is that? Do you think that was a defining moment in the game for Penrith to be able to get their kick away successfully? And on the other side, Rabbitohs under too much pressure. Oh, it was certainly a tactic of theirs. They they had to shut down Reynolds. Um, there was mm. no question. And and Cody Walker at the same time. They don't really have another kicker in around there. Um, yeah. They, uh, they they needed to be under pressure, and I, I most most people didn't think Penrith could maintain that throughout the game. But they're they're mm. a good young team, they're a fit team. Um, I, uh, I I I think they they went above and beyond in that area. Like they were really still putting pressure on, even right at the end where Reynolds was looking for the field goal, he was still having to do that under pressure. They just maintained um, constant pressure on on their their kickers, and. And then on the other side, uh, Ivan Cleary had a field day. He could do what he wants. He could put the ball anywhere he wanted uh, without any mm. real pressure whatsoever, I think, only on a, on a couple of occasions. But that was the difference, and, and more than well-deserved that uh, Nathan Cleary was uh, man of the match. Uh, it was his his kicking game that uh, really put uh, South under pressure and always had to come out from, from within their own uh, 20 media area, and uh, we're constantly under mm. pressure. I, 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 I really thought the um, Cody Walker, he was he was dominant in the, in the first half, his, his running game, but not until the last 10 minutes did he actually get back into the game again in, the, in that second half. Uh, but unfortunately, the pressure was on them to do something, and um, he threw that intercept pass, which didn't yeah. really need to need to be thrown. Um, no, should have hit Gagai. Um, it should it should have hit him short, but even even still, he he, he probably could have taken the line another uh, two steps closer to the line and given the short ball. Um, 
even if he had given sure, I thought Gaga would have been uh, would have been covered. But he still had the extra player on the outside. But it was mm. a, a little bit of a rush of blood, and I think that's what the pressure of Penrith brought onto onto to South Sydney. Um, uh, and you, you find out you, how resolute you are and how, how mentally strong you are by staying calm and, and making some good decisions in that last 10 or 15 minutes. And I think the pressure they put on just made South panic a little bit more. And, and like you, I, I was hopeful that there was going to be a, a nice little finish for, for, for Benji Marshall. I, I thought they really could have brought him on earlier uh, rather than waiting yeah. for 12 minutes to go before they, they, they put him on, even though he had a little stint in the first half. Um, it, it, I think he'd be a little bit disappointed about it, but I, I think he would have enjoyed the experience of being involved in a, in a grand final again. We've got Hugh McGarn on the line. McCafe coffee catch up. Double eight, double three. Hughes, uh, he watched the game last night. Enthralled is the word he's using. So send us a message. Anything you want to know from the Kiwi League, great. We'd be very, very happy to ask him for you. Hey, Hugh, you speak about Nathan Cleary and then Ivan as well. I mean, you've got a son that plays high-level sport. We've spoken about him before on the show. That moment after the game, I mean, that's pretty special, isn't it? Um, I've got to be honest. Uh, once the game was finished, I turned the TV off and I, I, I went to bed. So I didn't catch a lot of it. <laughs> Look, Nathan and Ivan embraced. You can imagine the emotions. You, you can imagine It's exactly as emotional as you think it would have been. Yeah, it, it, more, more than likely, and in, in, in complete contrast to what happened last year. At the end of the, the game last year, they, they sort of embraced um, through disappointment, and uh, uh, Ivan was, was trying to comfort his son at, at the time. And I'm sure it was the complete opposite afterwards. And um, and given Ivan's gone how many years as a as a player and now finally as a, as a coach to uh, fulfil his dream of, of getting a, a grand final or winning a grand final, um, I'm sure he would have certainly been emotional. Um, and uh, Nathan, um, knowing that you don't know what's going to happen next year or for the next few years in front of him, you, you relish uh, the situation that you're in and, and make the most of it. I, I wasn't lucky enough to, to be in a grand final. I'm at a prelim final, and that's as close as I ever got. Um, so I, I don't know what it's like to experience that, but I, I know I would have enjoyed it uh, because it's a lot of hard work, irrespective of... Um, representing your country and your state and everything else. This is a whole year's work gone into into the final 80 minutes. And when you when you finally receive it, I'm sure, um, winning test matches, winning other games, you know, just what the feeling would be like. But when you, when you build up for it over a year or plan for it over a year and work mm-hmm. for it over the season, then at the end, there would be no better relation by anyone um, in regards yeah. to how you'd celebrate afterwards. Well, now they've got the, the monkey off the back, mate. Uh, Rab's touched on it. Ray Warren touched on it after the game. There's 13 players out of the well, academy on the after, side. Uh, funny, after the game, uh, sorry, for jumping in there, I heard the uh, Wayne right. Bennett um, talking afterwards um, about just what it meant for Ivan Cleary. He, he, he was saying yeah, mm. um, Ivan would be really happy. He's he now got the monkey off his back, but he said that the pressure that the media were putting on him, it felt like a gorilla. That was on his back, and um, that probably would would be apt in the way that he explained it. That uh, they they were putting pressure on. He had three hundred odd games, or nearly four hundred games yeah. as a coach, uh, never to win a grand final. Um, he said it does put pressure on on people, but I, I'm sure he'd be totally elated, I and well deserved. Yeah, nice. I was just going to talk about that. They've got thirteen players that were in the academy. They had six that were homegrown in the Panthers area. 
is this the start? They've, they've, they've beaten Melbourne Storm to get to the grand final. Now they've won. Do you reckon this is the start of a wee dynasty for the Penrith Panthers? Uh, their, their problem will be holding on to those players. They're, they're, mm. Depending on, on the relationship with everyone, um, they're, they're going to be commanding bigger price tags when their contracts yeah. come around for the negotiation. So holding on to them is their biggest problem. And being a development club, you can afford to do that to a, to a degree. You won't be able to afford to hold on to them um, and make them uh, one-club players for, for their whole careers, just that their price tags, it, it makes it uh, impossible. Um, but if they've, they've got the um, production line in place, they will always, you know, there will be always someone else to, to, to take over the role. But there's no reason why they couldn't extend the season. They improved on last year. I'm sure they'll they'll look to improve again. But I, I see this team probably only being together for another two seasons, three seasons max. There's already a couple who are leaving this year, going off to to the Bulldogs yeah. and a couple other different clubs. Um, but that's that sport, and there's not much you can do about that. But I think there, there's a long time involved uh, where the the team or the club will be successful. Ivan's got a. a, a a good production line going on. Um, I think he's, he's built something there that uh, the the players will start to live by, and whoever comes in lives by what the uh, the players want. Similar to a, a Melbourne Storm or even the, the Sydney Roosters, uh, the same sort of uh, feeling um, and culture within those clubs will uh, will be maintained. Nice, mate. Oh, just before we let you go, I just want to—I just want you to touch on you. Pro- I don't know if you know Wayne Bennett personally, but what about Wayne Bennett and the legacy he's been able to create? Ten finals, seven, you know, championships with with many varied teams. Five decades in the game of NRL. If this is his last time, which I've heard it might be, what sort of legacy does he leave, mate? Is he one of the greatest? Oh, I think yeah. I think he's written himself into into the record books. Uh, he'll be there for for a long period of time, and I think that they'll. They'll relate to Wayne Bennett more than they have done with um, uh, Jack Gibson, who were, and I, I knew Jack and I uh, was able to play under Jack for, for a little while. He he just had an aura about him, and Wayne Bennett's got exactly the same thing. I don't know Wayne uh, personally, um, but those who I do know who played under him and, and speak of him, he just has this innate ability to to drag people into the, his way of thinking, um, give them encouragement, allow them freedom to um, express themselves as, as players, but uh, he puts a, a base around them and he gives them a, a solid foundation and he works with them. He, he has a very close relationship with his players. He's not just a, a coach. You know, he, he is that father figure and, and brother and, and mate um, all at the same time um, and is able to extract the best that he can. And very few coaches have that ability. Some are very good tactically. He's both tactical, but he's also a relationship. And um, I think he will... His his legacy will has already it's already sitting in, in place now, but I think he's he's probably cemented it. And let's see what happens with this new team that gets brought out of uh, Brisbane. Whether he will be mm. the coach uh, in the future, uh, only time will tell. I, I can't really see them if 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 he wants to keep coaching like he he says he does want to, and he loves loves what he he's doing. Then I can't see him not still being involved. The day he he hangs up his his boots <laughs> is the day that take it on board, he is finished, when he says it himself. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Oh, I love that from you, Hugh McGahn. Here's our McCafe coffee catch-up, talking all things grand final. Panthers getting up over the Rabbitohs. Really appreciate your time, Hugh McGahn. Uh, appreciate it, and uh, all the best, mate. Thank you very much, Israel. Enjoy your day. Cheers.
There you go, a little great insights to Penrith versus Rabbitohs from a Kiwi legend, Hugh, and uh, really appreciate his time. And yeah, it was a wonderful game. It was a great game of league. It was just the icing on the cake. You know, you got to take your head off to the NRL. Um, you know, Abdo and Volandis and co, like all the challenges they've had, changing of uh, venues last minute, Queensland coming to the rescue and hosting the, the NRL in Queensland. and. Mm. So, look, all those obstacles aside, they, they were able to achieve and pull off an unbelievable event, and that was just fitting for the icing on the cake. little cherry on top, mate, Little little final last night. So that was unbelievable. Yep. Bang on, is he in 75% capacity in that stadium, Suncorp? It looks pretty chocker to me, but it didn't really matter. The atmosphere, mm. as you pointed out, was popping. Good to see all those um, those diehard Penrith Panthers fans, um, Bowden Barrett, Anton Leonard-Brown, Damian McKenzie, and one other in their fr- freshly bought retro Panthers jerseys. Oh, come on, <laughs> eh? <laughs> it's uh, so I've good. I've seen some banders. <laughs> seen some uh, boy bands, you know? Well, we. <laughs> Jumping on the wagon. Yeah, <laughs> good. I mean, that's the name of their, their number one hit, Bandwagon. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's good to see the lads out there enjoying themselves. So I've actually got a bit of a week off. Uh, well, I've got it. Yeah, they've, they get a nice little week off before they head up north. Remember, the choices flooring poll. Have your choice. Go to the Baznizzi for breakfast Twitter page. Um, I'm asking you who the player of the series was for you out of David Harvey. Uh, Artie Savia, Ethan Blackett, or Geordie Barrett. And uh, Geordie Barrett, player of the tour, that's PJ from Tamuka. But I also think Luke Jacobson confirmed his potential. PJ, appreciate your text. Double eight, double three. There's plenty more there. We'll get to some of those after this. And of course, catch up with our man, Paul Moate, the party. It's Baz Nizzi for breakfast. We're here with the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day.